I think a lot of times when people say entrepreneur, they automatically think that they work for themselves. And I think that there's a massive difference there. Self-employed is different than entrepreneurial. Um, an entrepreneur is someone who takes something and they want to make it their own and they want to make it better. Um, I think you can be an entrepreneur working, you know, as a secretary, you know, trying to make your job and the company that you work for the most efficient and um, profitable as possible. Hi, y'all. I'm Rhonda Draculas from RK3 Designs, and I am so excited to welcome you guys to the Pro Artisan Podcast. This is a space for artisan professionals to discuss matters of both business and the heart. I am so excited. This morning, we're going to be talking to my oldest daughter, Connie Williams. Hi, guys. All right, Miss Connie Noel. No, that's not my name. I legally changed it. <laughs> she hates her middle name that I gave her. So uh-huh. she's legally changed it. All right, Connie. So we're going to kind of dive in a little bit. We've been doing some um, podcasts lately about being an entrepreneur. And I want your take on it. So I guess the first thing, let's kind of start with your background. Kind of you were raised in an agricultural family mm-hmm. and responsibilities with your animals. So talk a little bit about how that affected you. I grew up on a working hog and cattle and then a working horse ranch. Um, I was really blessed to have parents that were still divorced, but they all got along. So um, I've kind of seen, I guess, kind of a unique take on just working together, cooperation, you know, maybe looking past opinions that you have on people and be able to work together. So I mean, unrelated to what she was just talking about with the livestock, I think that's a really unique thing that I've been able to grow up with. And we did, and and to let everybody know, um, her dad and I did divorce when she was about three, but we remained a very close-knit family. We were talking about leaving into the livestock is, at one point, I think it was like my junior or senior year of high school, I had 60 barras or like 60 pigs on feed. I had three, two or three steers. Um, so just... Learned really quick the um, ability to be responsible for things that are depending on you. It's one thing to be responsible to practice a sport or do a homework. But, you know, when you have an animal that basically it lives or dies based on if you feed it and water it. So um, learned really quick the value of hard work. I learned really quick um, how to appropriately budget time, you know, because there was a time when I was a senior in high school that I would wake up at five or six in the morning. <laughs> I'd go rinse cattle, tie them up, go home, go to school, practice volleyball, come home and do it all, you know, do it all over again. And I don't think a lot of high school seniors can say that um, unless you grew up in a livestock background. And it did. I remember um, having to go take care of animals, not just on pretty days. Yeah. But when it's cold and rainy or it's snowing, or, yeah, which very re- re- seldomly happens, but it did definitely happen, happen a few times. <laughs> definitely <laughs> happened. Also, learning to—I mean, you got very attached to some of these animals, and then you learn that you know that's kind of the life process. Mm-hmm. Is you know, I think you just learn kind of the value of the food chain. Um, mm-hmm. You learn the value of agriculture, um, regardless of what op- people's opinions are in terms of how you eat, what you eat, and things like that. Like, there's still. American agriculture is the background of that. So I learned really quickly um, that that was important to me. And I have a passion for that and a passion for those people that are involved in that type of industry. So, And that's led you to where you are today. It is. Yeah. It is. I've had a really weird career path, but somehow I've been able to tie it back to a commodity. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we 
It's, it's been <laughs> it's been fun. So tell me kind of how having parents that were obviously in the agriculture, but also entrepreneurials type spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, your dad, me, Kenny, Steph, all of us kind of shared those, um, I guess, same values and thoughts. Um, so I guess one thing that I learned really quick is that, you know, never say never and don't underestimate yourself. The, if, I guess the mentality of if you win it or if you want it, figure out a way to get it was something that I learned really young and I think has continued throughout my life. Um, the other thing is I think too is again, it kind of goes back to the value of hard work. Um, regardless of what avenues y'all were working in at the time, like we were always working, you know, whether that was we were working with animals, whether that was we were working one of your businesses or whatever the case may be, like we busted tail. And um, that goes the same with like my dad and stuff and everybody mm-hmm. like that. Like, how did you feel about being involved in maybe some hardship decisions, maybe when money was tight or celebrating when money was good or when the business was good? Tell me how that affected you. I think it just kind of hit home to the value of a dollar, right? Um, I will say that I was really blessed that a lot of the things that I wanted growing up, like I was able to get, but I w- we got them because we worked. And mm-hmm. so I think that's something that's really important now is just the the attitude of you can get what you want, but you have to be willing to work for it. And it's not necessarily always going to be given or glamorous in the process of getting it there and makes you appreciate it mm-hmm. when you do get it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think sometimes, too, we think we want something, but in the process of working to get it, you realize like that's not exactly what you want. And so you like pivot and navigate. So I think that that's something, too, that's really important is when you're not given something, but you're forced to work for it, that you understand what you really want. That's a good point. Wow. That's a very good point. I told you she was going to be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that leads us to where we are now. And, Mm -hmm. And how does that entrepreneurial spirit, that work ethic apply now in what in what you do there's a lot to dissect when you talk about like being an entrepreneur and things like that um i actually am a mortgage loan officer for texas farm credit texas farm credit is a farm credit or basically a lending institution that lends um on everything from raw land and agricultural type loans or agribusiness loans to homes which is what i do but I think a lot of times when people say entrepreneur, they automatically think um, that they work for themselves. And I think that there's a massive difference there. Self-employed is different than entrepreneurial. Um, an entrepreneur is someone who takes something and they want to make it their own and they want to make it better. Um, I think you can be an entrepreneur working, you know, as a secretary, you know, trying to make your job and the company that you work for the most efficient and um, profitable as possible. In a job like mine, I'm basically in sales. Um, My job is to go out, get business, to help people not only get into their homes, but also to help my company. So I think that mentality of like willing to do the work, um, knowing how to treat people like they need to be treated, right? Um, I think a lot of times if you're given something, you just assume that Everything should be easy. You're not willing to put in the extra legwork to get something done. Um, I think that is what an entrepreneur is. It's someone, again, who's willing to do that legwork, yeah. who's willing to go above and beyond, regardless of their facet. You know, um, like, again, 
I work for an association, so I'm not technically self-employed, but I'm going to work just as hard as, you know, maybe someone who's running a real estate business or whatever the case may be. I think that's a fatal flaw sometimes when people think entrepreneurs, they're like, oh, well, I want to work for myself because I want these certain hours or I want something to be easy. Whatever the case may be is like, well, I want to be an entrepreneur. Well, entrepreneur means so much more than just, you know, having a business and getting a paycheck or being successful. I think there's a lot of work that goes into it. And I think um, having that mindset of just, you know, what do I want to achieve? How am I going to achieve? How do I make something better is what an entrepreneur is. And that's, I've carried that through my life. And I, I can, I can interject. She has carried that. Um, every thing that Connie has ever done, she's done it 200%. Um, getting, you know, all through school, getting into mm -hmm. college, getting your first job, moving away from home, you know, up in Kansas. And so everything you've always taken challenges and, and just made the best of them. Mm -hmm. And I can't even tell you how proud I am and how I like to brag about you. So tell me, do you, you set goals? I am a huge goal setter. I am. So if anyone's ever seen the commercial where it's like extra, extra, all about extra, like that embodies me to a, to a T. So I do everything to like the umph degree. And so every year I set goals and um, it's usually I type them out and print them on a pretty piece of colored paper because I like everything to be pretty. And then I <laughs> laminate it and I stick it on my bathroom mirror. So like there's goals right now and I have short term, um, midterm and long term goals. And, you know, everything is achievable, but it's, you know, I have some stretch goals and things like that. But it's funny to see how those change. But exactly. I'm a huge goal setter. Um, I'm also a list checker. Like, even if I don't write it down, it has to be in my head. So that's kind of like why I set goals is that I need to know what I'm striving for so that I have direction. And I think that's really important, you know, in entrepreneurship or small business ownership or whatever, is that you have something you're working for. Because if you're just working for more, you have... You're never going to have that like level of satisfaction right. of like I succeeded right. with something, yeah, and I, I think that is, I think invaluable. working for more, just more, is an empty, an empty feeling, mm -hmm. you know, because you're that'll wear you out. Because mm -hmm. if you're just working for more, who's who's to say when more is enough? Right. And I think that there has to be a balance. You know what I mean? And that's just a balance in life because. I think there's a season for everything. There's a season for busting your tail and doing nothing but working. There's a season for taking a step back. And when you have those goals and you've realized like, okay, this is what I needed to achieve and I achieved it. So let me take a step back and reevaluate. You're going to get a lot farther in life than if you just are like nose the grind 24 seven. So I think another um, concept of entrepreneurship is like you have a passion and a platform you want to talk, you know, um, whether that be you have a service that you want to provide, whether that you have a product you want to provide, whether that is you work for a company that already has that platform that maybe you couldn't do on your own or it would take too long for you to grow that type of business to do on your own. Like, for example, um, I don't have the pockets to be able to go lend to someone who wants to go buy their dream home. Like, I wish I did hashtag goals, but um, <laughs> like I, I personally couldn't do that. So in order to do something that I am passionate about, I have to work for somebody else. Now, I think that is really important to find where you fit and to find a culture you fit with and to find a group of people that inspire you to be better. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that 
you're less of an entrepreneur because you work with something else. Like I know right. some people that are in sales for Apple, right? Like they are not going to go create the iPhone or something next to the iPhone tomorrow, right? But they can help small businesses because that's what they do is implement different technology that can grow, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that is as much of an entrepreneur as someone who, like in your case, is pouring countertops for somebody. Like It's just a matter of, again, going back to you as an entrepreneur want to make something better, right? right. You want to make something your own and you want to make something better. Yeah. So you talked about kind of working with people and working in a culture do you have a mentor mm -hmm. or I several do. I do actually have a mentor um, I know one's your mother but <laughs> um, I do have a mentor in my company and um, her and I talk pretty regularly and she sets goals for me and things like that um, how important is that to have a mentor I think it's really important um, and I don't think a mentor necessarily has to be in your industry it needs to be someone that is a going to be able to look at your life and have those candid conversations with you. Um, again, I come from the real estate industry. I worked in title insurance before I did what I do now. And it's huge in real estate to have a life coach. And I think that that's, you know, the same kind of thing as, you know, maybe that's not your mentor, but it's help someone holding you accountable. And I think that that's something that if you're an entrepreneur, you're always going to be looking for someone that's going to be setting goals for you and pushing you to be a better person. I'm a big believer you are who you surround yourself with. Absolutely. Um, so I I mean, to me, having a mentor is a huge, huge deal. Um, and I think it also don't be scared to have a mentor that um you can be really good friends with. You know what I mean? Like mm. that you can you can have a mentor that is also a really good friend of yours. It doesn't have to be that divide of like, oh, well, I want my CEO to be my mentor because I want to be them one day. Like, pick someone that you're going to push you, but is exactly it's going to be relatable. I think that's a really good good term to use. I know I and this is this is just off the cuff. I end all of my YouTube videos with a saying: "Don't be scared, move forward, and be creative." Do you have something that you like a mantra? Like yes. Mm, that's a good one. My mantra changes. I actually try to do a mantra of the year. Um, I think if you're going to do that, like, which is basically one is encompassing my absolute favorite quote, and I might butcher it, so I may need to grab my iPhone, but it's basically from Mark Twain. It's also a quote that I used in my speech because I was valedictorian because I'm actually really nerdy. Um, <laughs> 20 years from now, you'll be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than the ones you did do. So throw away the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream, discover. I mean, that's probably a little long to use as a tagline for YouTube, but that is something <laughs> I have, I have loved since I was like 16 when I first found the quote and, um, something that I'm a big believer in. Cause I, I like to come home, but I'm a little bit of a gypsy. I love to go out. I love to go exploring. You know, I think the world is huge. And so I just want to see every bit of it. So. And she does. They've traveled quite a bit and been able to see some really cool stuff. If really money were no object, time was no object. Tell me one thing that you would love to do or accomplish. That is a great question. I would love if I, like money was no object or I made enough money, I would definitely start a foundation. Um, I have a passion for like education and people. And most likely it would be um, like a 
leadership or a self improvement kind of foundation where you have people from all walks of life that, you know, you have people from kids in like middle school, high school that maybe didn't grow up in the best areas to people that were down and out and, and looking for opportunities to maybe like grow and accomplish. I think that's something that I would love to do is um, start just like a leadership foundation for people that maybe were like overlooked in life. I think there's a lot of talent that is undiscovered. And I think the world would be a better place if we gave those people like an opportunity and platform to be successful. And again, success is going to look different for everybody, yeah, right? Exactly. So you may enable somebody to be able to keep a nine to five job and buy their first home. And I think that is some level of success when another person, you know, may want to be CEO of a multi-million dollar company and one success is not better than the other. Right. I think that we just depends on the that. person. Yeah, we've um, talked about that before. Because it takes a team. It does. Right? You'll it never absolutely find, takes a team. Yeah, you'll never find a super uber successful person that hasn't had help along the way. And I think too, is you, you're really, really successful people usually have a pretty cool story. And so I would love to be an integral part of people as they have that story. Yeah. So yeah, I think that would be really cool to do. So last question, who do you feel has had the biggest influence, good or bad, on your life? Oh, dear Lord. That's a hard question because I think, you know, everybody in my life has had some kind of impact. And I'm really big, like I said, on surrounding people that make you successful. Um, a teacher or a, so a I would, student, on, you know. Honestly, the person that probably had the biggest impact on me was Opa, like my grandpa. Yeah. Um, he passed away last July, which was really hard. Um, but he was the one person that was proud of me but always pushed me um god bless that mean old man soul um you know he just he was so proud of me which is really cool like he, he was, was so, so proud. I'm, I'm getting emotional because <laughs> um he touched a lot of people's life he did but i think and too like i grew up so enthralled with the livestock world and that man even blind knew more about livestock than most people would ever know. <laughs> yeah. And so that would probably be one of my biggest pushes. Um, you he, know, he, I tell you what, he, uh, he, he's his, been a huge influence in my life as I well. I was his favorite until my husband came around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Opa is something else. And, uh, it, when he passed away, that mold was, was, uh, broken. I uh, no one ever, there'll never be another Opa. Mm -mm. And, um, I mean, he he was my father-in-law when I was married to your dad, yep. but he remained my father-in-law forever. I think you he know? was like everybody's father-in-law or grandpa. Yeah, he, uh, he I love that man, and um, he we had some great some great conversations about horses. He and I could talk horses just for hours, and we did. And um, I remember him yelling at me when I was in the pig pen or in the cattle. Oh, he yelled pen. a lot. Like, <laughs> as much as we loved him, he yelled a lot. Yeah, so if you haven't been yelled to from Opa, you haven't lived. But, yeah, yeah I, I, I agree. Um, I know he had a huge impact yeah. on I mean, you. He was hard, but it's because he never wanted people to settle, right? Like, yeah. he, could, he could see how amazing some people could be. And I think he was also one of the ones we're talking about, like, 
I would have a passion and want to start a foundation for people who want, you know, to take their life to the next step or, you know, some kind of like leadership foundation or something like that. He was one of those people that he could look past your background and see for who you are and like know your capabilities. Um, and, and that's I think a that special that was, characteristic. I think that that's something that yeah. a lot of people can't do. Right. Um, I agree. He was like the epitome of, I mean, he was literally blind, literally. Um, in, his later, figured, in his later right, years. But yeah. figuratively, he was able to, you know, be blind towards like especially people's past and yeah. just... Yeah. Appreciate them for what they could do. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, probably say my grandpa. Yeah. That's, that's, we can't, we have to end there because <laughs> there's just nothing else to say and I'm probably going to lose it anyway. So, well, Connie, thank you so much. Um, I'm so very proud of you. Uh, and it's been a pleasure. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, we ended up on a little bit of an emotional note. Um, I'm so glad that you, um, stayed and waited to the end of the podcast um i think it was worth it but um i am very proud of my family and i've said it on numerous occasions that my my why is my family and now you know why i'm surround myself with great people do you have anything else you want to say that we didn't (laughs) no stop (laughs) she goes woo woo (laughs) no i did that when i was four okay I moved past that. Now I just scream at people. (laughs) (laughs) You know how you whistle? You say, hey, whistle for me. That's what I do. I can't do it. God, no. I'm having so much fun with these things. You have no idea. No, I'm not going to budge. All right. So that was a good way to end this podcast. And it's also a good way to end season one of our podcast. We're going to take a little break on our podcast. We're going to focus on some tutorials uh, for YouTube. And we've got a few other things coming down the pipeline. So you could stay updated with us. Go to our website, rk3designs.com. Sign up for our newsletter. And... Um, you can kind of see what we're going to be having in the future. So guys, if you like this, give me a thumbs up, subscribe to our channel, and stay tuned for future notifications and future projects. It's a wrap! <laughs>